Hi friends, thank you for bearing with us as we get back into our groove. It's the first episode of July, which means we are donating proceeds from our Patreon. This month, we are supporting Liberation Library, an abolitionist organization that provides books to youth in prison. They believe that access to books, stories, and the written word is essential to empowering youth trapped in our cruel and carceral system. I'll link their website in the episode description if you would like to learn more. And if you are already a patron, like Hallie Alspa, Alyssa Matthews, Krista Umberforth, Hannah Grierson, Grace Kent, Chandler Parrott-Thomas, and Dante Toppo, a portion of your monthly donation will go towards a different BIPOC-led organization every month. So if you are thinking about becoming a patron, now is the perfect time to join. Head over to patreon.com slash thatdoitforyapod to learn more. Uh, my apologies about any background noise you might hear. I just moved into my parents' barn and there is work happening downstairs. As always, we are dealing with unpredictable Wi-Fi from my corner and also the corner of others. We do the best we can. I'm so looking forward to sharing this episode with you. I think that's all I have to say. So now, without further ado, episode 13, You Buffy the Vampire Slay Me with Shayla Clement. Do you want to rub on Simba's tummy? Or think that Spider-Man looks extra yummy? The pain of childhood is super funny. On Did That Do It For Ya? With Aurelia Grierson. Hello and welcome to That Do It For You podcast. I am here with Shayla Clement. Hello. Hi, hello. Did I say that right? Is your last name Clement or Clement? Um, there's no S, but the pronunciation depends on which coast you're on. <laughs> say more. Like the West Coast is very Clement. Like it's like slurred and East Coast kids are Clement. Stop, really? But I like to be Clement too because it makes me feel regal. Okay, then please welcome to the podcast, Shayla Clement. I get it. I feel like Clement. Yeah, sure. Clement. Right? You feel? I feel it. I feel it. It's a mouthfeel thing. (laughs) Well, anyway, Shayla, let's uh, tell the pod about how we know each other. How do we know each other? I mean, Chandler. I was going to say mutual friends. It has to be Chandler. Yes, definitely mutual friends. I would say like originally well I was listening to your Chandler pod today obviously of course because uh, I uh, need a direction and she is the light that I follow um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah she was saying what you guys met like um comedy affairs I remember that one that was at the Criterion I uh, follow Chandler's uh acting performances very strictly well you're a good friend well I'm a committed agent that was hired by myself (laughs) I remember when I met you and became aware of you and I remember thinking that you were really cool and I like needed to like step my pussy up to like hang out with you oh my god I don't like remember the exact like moment but I remember like instances of hanging out with Chandler and you would be there and I was like oh my god I want Shayla to think I'm cool Oh my god, I was just always, always just stressed out about hanging out with Chandler's friends. I was like, I don't hang out on stages or near them, and I feel different. I mean, don't kick me out of this party, dude. I'm sorry. (laughs) Theater people are really a lot and difficult to hang out with, and... (laughs) <laughs> and yeah I hung out with a lot you were like you were you were I don't think anyone would ever kick you out of those parties you you fit right in I don't know if that's an insult that's or a compliment <laughs> it's a, a compliment probably 
I'd say there's definitely some in like the first year or so, but we were like going to older parties, which is never a safe move. But like we walked in there and we were like, oh, there's like theater professors here. Ew, wait, what? Um, yes. Did I make that up? I don't know. I mean, this was, I got to SOU pretty late. I was a transfer and I was already pretty old, but <laughs> I, I wanted, wait, you went to a party with a professor? I mean, I don't, okay, first of all, I don't have like the clearest memories <laughs> of Ashland, specifically the parties, but yeah, in one of the houses, it had like a spiral staircase that was maybe like iron. I don't know. We like walked in there and Chandler was like, mm, maybe this is not the one I should have brought you to. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Don't put that in there if I'm lying. I don't know. I'll double fact check. I make Chandler fact check it. I'm going to make Chandler fact check. She's the producer, so she'll know. But I know which house you're talking about. Right? I mean, I feel like that's what happened. I love how in every like college that is in a small town where students like have housing, there's always, you know, the party houses and you know them and you love them. Um, and yeah. <laughs> you, you were, you were one? Yeah. I mean, maybe. Who's to say? Who, who knows? Who's to say? that on record. I mean, I've I answered the door and the police have been there. Yes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> Well, <laughs> ACAB. A- <laughs> yeah, APD defund. <laughs> They're bored. Okay, APD specifically. I mean, no, there's way more trash departments than APD, hmm. but they're just like so bored, so bored. Like one of the parties they appeared at, someone else, a mystery guest, opened the door and they were there and they said, hey, like who lives here or something? And that person said, hmm. I'm going to slam the door in your face. <laughs> and did that at our house. It was at your house. But yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Like I remember going and like contesting a noise complaint or something. I don't think anything happened. I don't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. Like it's a small, they're a small town. They have like, peace officer written on the side of their cars and I'm like that's like from the hunger game <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's the super- peacekeepers <laughs> that's what they're named and they like just go around beating people similar to the police I've seen the Ashland Police Department like tackle a homeless man <laughs> yeah I like turning corners and you're like, oh, one homeless man in a shopping cart and seven police officers <sighs> by a creek. Like, I know. In like a picturesque location. Oh, because, you know, Ashland. <laughs> oh, I mean, my heart is beating. I'm just <laughs> thinking <do>. about the <laughs> let's move. Let's move on from this conversation. The energy. Uh, so, Shayla, you are in Seattle. That's correct. It's my location. Are you unemployed or fun employed or currently working? What's the what's I'm the COVID status? I'm newly fun employed. Is that a personal question? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Well, I mean, I'm feeling healthy. <laughs> Currently, as far as I know, I do not. <laughs> I'm hoping to hit up one of Beyonce's mobile testing locations <gasps> soon. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's out here. I know. I said if I'm going to go. <laughs> go to one of hers. Beyonce. It's going to be nicer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, but like. Hold on, you're frozen. What are you <laughs> You're back. <laughs> 
It's okay. My Wi-Fi is absolute garbage. All Wi-Fi has been trash since the Rona started, in my opinion, or as far as I've seen. It's all on purpose. It's all on purpose. Yeah. It's all a conspiracy. Speaking of conspiracies, what are we talking about today? I was feeling drawn to discussing our favorite vampire slayer, Buffy. <gasps> well, who's to say if she's your favorite? That's up to you, I guess, to decide. I mean, is there another? Truly, Buffy... Yeah. Because we, we talked about some things that you wanted to talk about and we like went through right. and, you know, we, as, as is the case when people are invited on, there's usually a flurry of excitement and then just, and like the thing that is so important to remember is that there's not like, there's like lots of little sexual awakenings in your life. Like you don't have just big one, like, I mean, there's oh, yes. the memorable ones, but like there's lots of little ones and there's so much to discuss. And I mean, I don't know about you. I was a really horny child. And I remember when Buffy would come on. <laughs> Buffy sexy. was sexy. Okay. Everyone on Buffy is sexy. Well, almost everyone on Buffy is sexy, but like Buffy herself, mm. Sarah Michelle Geller is fire. She's obviously the 90s knows that. Where did she go? She's just kind of done. She was on a CW program. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but she played twins. And one of them was evil and crazy and named Siobhan. And <laughs> I can't remember anything else about it. <laughs> it's not Riverdale, is it? No, it was her own one. I don't, I can see like the cover of it so vividly because obviously it's like her next to a mirror. Because <laughs> twins. Sarah Michelle. Yeah, but she was, I mean, I feel like her and, um, who's that bitch that was in 10 Things I Hate About You? Oh. Julia Stiles? Yes. Yeah. Nothing to do with Buffy, but I feel like Sarah Michelle Gellar and Julia fucking Stiles were like the white girls of the late 90s, early 2000s. They were everywhere. And now they're just- I can just... agree with that claim. I would agree with that claim. No, they're nowhere. Where are they? Julia Stiles. Okay, I'm trying to think of the last time we saw her little face. Her little face. It's low. <laughs> it's round. <laughs> wow, we jumped to body shaming pretty quickly. But me too. No shame. No shame. <laughs> <laughs> I have a round face too, Julia. <laughs> anyway, back to Buffy. Um, <laughs> back to Buffy. Wait, who was the character that you did not think was sexy? Xander. Oh, no. Of course not. Xander's not hot. Xander wears terrible jeans. <laughs> and, like, what was his hair doing? I don't care what decade it was. It wasn't good ever. It was, like, middle part and I don't know. Not that a middle part is bad because I do middle part, but it was just, like, yeah, bad. I can't tell you. <laughs> I feel like there was no... I mean, okay, I'm about to obviously backpedal because I do think that Spike was really hot. I do think that Angel is really hot. Obviously, I think like women in the 90s looking gorgeous, like the style was really nice to women. And then men just got like Jenko jeans. <laughs> you make a really good point. They were just like put on like the extras from making the women clothing. Just <laughs> whatever is left Scraps. the women's clothes. Like, 90s fashion for men is not cute. It's not flattering. It doesn't... It was loose. It was loose. I mean, the, yeah, no, I was gonna say there's some good stuff, but... Is there? My brain told me I was wrong immediately. Sorry, my dog was here, so I keep staring oh, at the ground. I love your dog. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have ADHD, and I can't really make eye contact. Um, okay. 
<laughs> but I watched Buffy growing up and then I tried to watch it again as an adult and I got through where she had sex with Angel and then I wanted to watch the Spike stuff because Spike was my favorite when I was younger. But what was your experience of when did you get introduced to Buffy? Tell us a little bit about your first moments. Um, Buffy emerged in my life from my like, best friend slash girlfriend in middle Ooh. school. Mm. And we would like <laughs> watch Buffy and be like, hang out. <laughs> you know, hold hands you and like, hands? feel this tension. <laughs> oh, young love. Romantic. Um, but um, so like middle school, mm. yeah, like sixth, seventh grade is really where I engaged with Buffy mm. originally. And like when I like something, I like it too much. But like I watched it so many times and like bought the DVDs, like the box sets. I still think I have them, <laughs> which is unnecessary now. Yeah, they're um, all on Hulu. But just consumed it mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> just consumed it I remember like I still know the intro I like the verbal intro like into every generation there is born a slayer intro <laughs> um but too much like uh, watch multiple episodes over and over again like I know all the songs to the musical episode <gasps> and fully read multiple different fan fictions about it. Oh, as I said to you while we were uh, texting about this, fan fiction comes up a lot in uh, discussions about, you know, the media that, that awoke us. And I, I mean, Buffy's like pretty, like, oh shit, is that you or me? Oh my it's God, you. it's fucking Chandler. <gasps> No, she I'm so obsessed with a band playing dad songs. <laughs> We're gonna leave this in. We're not editing this out. <laughs> Tell her she just likes to, you know, keep me posted on what's going on. You know, there's a fucking our neighbors will play really loud, like jam band, like. <laughs> I don't want to you. It's like jam band Zydeco adjacent music. Yeah, you'd think it would be good, but it really is not. And also it's like really invasive because it's not just people like on their porch playing acu- like acoustic instruments, just like, you know, it's they like plug into an amp and they're like, surely the neighborhood would like to hear this. <laughs> but it's a block party now. It's Every like, week. Uh, and they did it the day that Ashland like opened up. So like there are a bunch of people walking around without masks and there's this shitty fucking jam band playing on this porch. <laughs> and I was like ready to fucking scream at that. I was ready to invent a baby. Like I was ready to like go down there and be like, my baby is trying to nap. I mean, <laughs> do it. Just opens up, goes out with no mask. <laughs> bitch <laughs> yeah i don't know i'll keep you posted on the dad band playing outside <laughs> chandler's gonna be in this episode um so you found it in middle school and you read some fic yeah i'm trying to backtrack to before we got distracted yes so sorry no i know how to focus i don't so <laughs> please <laughs> guide us through but it it, like it's it's pretty explicit. I, re, I to like jog my memory. I rewatched the um the episode where Buffy and Spike like have sex and break a house. <laughs> do you remember this? Yeah, do I remember it? Spike alone, just like in Buffy, very toxic. But definitely, he was just 
all I needed. I was uh, obsessed with spikes, mm. which speaks to a lot, but you know. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of toxic masculinity in that show. And for a show that's lauded for being like so feminist and progressive, like watching it back, it's kind of like, mm, no. Oh my gosh. Especially if you're looking for like, I don't know, a brown person. <laughs> it's so <laughs> white. Oh my God. Oh, cause then you sent me the episode, the, um, the, primeval episode where they like yeah with the frankensteins okay i'm was the first layer in that one because i like to just believe that whatever comes to my brain is correct and i did not fact check that <laughs> no i cannot say that you were correct um but there was a black person in that episode oh my god yeah but he was like fully like frankensteined like he was being used as like oh he's like one of like riley's army friends yeah riley's army friends Whatever the name is of the one that I meant to say, who knows, is about the very first Slayer who, like, can't speak any words. So, like, a pre-linguistic era person, and she's a likely African, like, dread, like, paint, all these things. And it talks about, like, I'm just trying to remember from my mind, but, like, the creation of um, the first Slayer, and it's her just being like untamed and like wild in this group of like some amount of men naturally shows up and is like you're gonna do this for us you're just gonna be our weapon now and so she's controlled by a group of African men and so that's the very first player and I am like okay so when did it transition from African player, African Watchers Council, likely African vampires, I must assume, to like Giles and the London Boys and Buffy. I mean, we know when Colin is. You know when. Like, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but that is that is so interesting. I well, I mean, I'm gonna have to watch that episode because I I vaguely remember it. But you're right. I don't know. I feel like in that show a lot, race is just used as a prop well in many shows oh yes yes <laughs> but like in Buffy specifically which to this day I still love hmm. so aggressively like everything I say about it maybe will feel like I hate it <laughs> I love well, it still I mean it's so it's something we run into a lot on this podcast is like looking at media from our youth and like the point is to like yes we love it and we have to apply a critical lens to it and it doesn't mean that we like can't love it anymore i mean i know personally i might have to cut this but like in the in the <laughs> arsenal of the pod there's a harry potter episode that i am hesitant to release just now you know what i will tell you to be confident in doing it because it's not your fault a bitch is wild okay <laughs> listen i have a harry potter tattoo oh. and i'm like all right <laughs> but also i'm just like never was i like oh my god jk i love her so no, much no, no. like it was not about her okay it was never about any of them it was about me <laughs> waiting for my letter and imagining my magic okay and like love and stuff probably but it was not about that <laughs> no and like truthfully it, and like we in the episode we talk about like how she's like transphobic and awful and like there's like a lot of racism in Harry Potter and obviously anti-Semitism. And like, as a non-binary person, I'm like out here being like, JK doesn't think I exist. Like this is- Right. <laughs> like a joke. Joke. No. You're dumb. <laughs> but yeah, so like, I think it's important 
that we remember as we like look back at the things that formed us is that like, you know, we grow and we learn and it's important to, you know, apply the critical lens. And it doesn't mean that we love it less or that our we love our our, our baby selves less for, right. for not seeing or understanding. <laughs> like yeah. also and I mean from what I gather, I didn't become like a white supremacist for reading <laughs> it. So that's a perk. Yeah. Do you <laughs> and you know what? It was really Jim Dale's delivery of mm. it on the tape that mm. I fucked with. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Just Jim Dale. Clear that up. Mm-hmm. Back to Buffy. Suffering. About Spike. Yes. Full disclosure. Uh, the episode that I had to rewatch today, I had to rewatch because I remember like one of the first times I like purposefully masturbated to something was that episode when they like yeah. well okay so like he they like she because this is like after she comes back from the dead and like she's kind of different and like spike has to do good and he's like not super down with that and then he thinks he can maybe do bad but he can't and then him and buffy have this awful like physical fight and like watching it now i'm like cringing and being like oh no like the the way that they link violence and sex is not so good but also then they just like, oh, they like just get like so passionate. She lifts up her her maxi leather skirt, very odd fashion choice. I didn't like it, but and I didn't understand how they were fucking. But like, there's like a moment of like full, you like see their faces as he inserts. And I was like, mm. I literally know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, that like. That, I guess that was my first pornographic experience. <laughs> in general or with Buffy? In general. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, well, I didn't like watch porn until college. Okay. I mean, I was not watching porn like in elementary school. No. Okay. Not formative in like uh, puberty at all. Have you watched Netflix's reboot of She-Ra? Oh, Chandler was just talking to me about this. I watched the first couple episodes and then my attention span just like fizzled. Literally, Chandler and I could talk about that for 72 hours straight <laughs> if you want to go hard. Because, okay, unrelated to Buffy and everything. Look, mm-hmm. She-Ra, we love like queer representation mm-hmm. and everything. We're moving into a new space. I love that but something that should have existed forever is only now also showing up in she And it's just, I'm like, I feel like I get like a redo mm-hmm. <laughs> almost, mm-hmm. like a nostalgic vibe. And so there's like queer representation. It's super diverse. The body images are beautiful. The colors are beautiful. The animation is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and then... I mean, uh, I identify with specifically one part, mainly for obvious reasons, but like one of the brown characters, like a thick brown girl, gets like the kind of like classic, like romantic, uh, like beautiful obsession sort of romance, which like never ever happened. I want to cry right now, but uh, talk about a theory. I could write an essay about that. Oh, you should write an essay about it. <laughs> I've considered it. You should. You're fun employed. <laughs> Now is the time. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Just Thank thought I'd remind you. you that you don't have a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I think that's so interesting that like, I think that is what a reboot, like if you're going to reboot something, like don't just like make it women. Like, because yeah. <laughs> that, that's white feminism. Do more. Do more. And like, I mean, it's interesting, especially that you're talking about like the queer representation of She-Ra because I know that making Willow and Tara be in a relationship was like a huge deal in the 90s in Buffy when yeah. that happened. Yeah. And it, we love it. We, we love, love it. Willow and Tara. Okay. Also, 
Willow, here's my argument, is the most diverse of the Scooby gang. Say more. <laughs> okay. She's a redhead. She's Jewish. She's a witch. Mm-hmm. She's a lesbian. She's evil sometimes. <laughs> diverse. <laughs> like, she's, she is in a lot more groups, okay, than the rest of the That's team. true. She has more intersections in her identity. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Which also, like, uh, bugged me that they didn't pay more attention to her. I'm like, excuse me, I'm much more interested in the, like, gay Jewish witch. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, <laughs> as a gay Jewish witch, I... <laughs> yeah, I agree. I also would like more of the gay Jewish witch. Like, uh, not that I'm not into, like, the blonde cheerleader, which, like, I was a cheerleader, and, like, oh. I fuck with a cheerleader, but, like, I'm like, that's enough. Like, even in, like, middle school, I was like, wow, another blonde white person. Wow. <laughs> Are you, were you a Spike or an Angel? Bro, okay, Spike. Yeah. Obviously, Angel is gay, so, like, <laughs> I knew he wasn't attracted to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like there's some sort of messaging happening where he has sex with her and his life falls apart. Right? And they're like, to get your soul back, you have to fuck a woman. And I'm like, okay, Christian. <laughs> Yeah, God. I mean, there's a lot of Jesus narrative in this. There is. There's tons. There's tons. So, like, then, like, also, isn't he, like, pretty older than her? He is, like, super old. He's supposed to be, like... He's Romani? Or, no, he got cursed by the Romani. Well, that's probably also a bit of an issue, isn't it? Mm, I'm sure, because they didn't say Romani either. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, for the time frame, like, that's when he was... Yes. Like, yeah. But like, I mean, I'm not, I'm talking even like beyond the fact that he's like thousands of years old or hundreds. I don't know. Oh, just like, just like general, like frozen in time age. Kind of frozen in time age. I mean, it's the whole thing with Twilight too. And like, she's like in high school and he's like, I've lived for hundreds of years. I'm going to get this pose. Like, that's not good. Like, I'm sorry. Just like, I'm not attracted to people like five years younger than me. (laughs) No, I like couldn't. I cannot imagine. But Spike. Spike was my favorite. Even with his his ramen noodle hair. (laughs) Yeah, especially with his ramen noodle hair. (laughs) Okay. Which, like, that's... I like him realizing now, currently, today, that Spike affected the rest of my... The rest of my life. Buffy said, date some toxic white men, Shayla. (laughs) And I said, and I will. I, you know, this is like my theory though. I think that like the characters that we like crush on in early life, I think like imprint on us, like some, some kind of thing that we carry with us. I mean, obviously they do because the media that we consume affects our young minds and tells us what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. And like, we, we learn about it. I mean, did you get the talk when you were a kid? Like, was there ever a moment where your parents like sat you down and were like, this is what sex is? Or did you just kind of find out through other means? I mean, not really. Like I had, we had sex education in fourth grade. So that kind of took care of it for me. At some point, like I remember when I was like 14, my mom was like driving around. She's like, do you need birth control? <laughs> I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the extent of that 
I like haven't really heard of that many um, people our age receiving a talk. It feels like a more dated concept. Yeah. I mean, I remember being young and inquisitive and my parents are lesbians. And so they just, I was like seven years old and I like asked them, I remember like we were driving home from like a friend's house and I was like in the backseat and I was like, how do lesbians have sex? (laughs) And they were like, without missing a beat, they were like, well, you know, that depends. Like some, some women have toys, some just use their fingers. And I was like... The information, right? (laughs) But then I asked how how gay men had sex again without missing a beat. Penis to anus, honey. It's more specific. So I never really got a talk. I feel like I always just sort of knew, but I was like a really horny kid. I just like no, it's okay. Me too. Me too. I definitely was like masturbating like at like five years old like I don't even know I think that's common with people with vaginas well you just like hit it on something one day (gasps) (laughs) yeah you you hit it on the couch on accident and come alive then you're 12 (laughs) and watching then you're 12 and watching Buffy and you're watching Spike and Buffy absolutely just just literally literally destroy a house with their raucous lovemaking and I mean I feel like that like told me how to like sex also later like I'm like oh yeah hit me is that okay like yeah (laughs) where did that that? come from (laughs) I don't know I don't want to like straight up just I'll just ask you do you find that there's like a connection between like Buffy and Twilight and like other kind of not monster porn but like creature (laughs) Like vampire. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think so. It's like also like a concept of the other mm-hmm. sort of or the unknown or something like unfamiliar to you mm-hmm. or just a group of people unfamiliar mm-hmm. to you. I'd say like is probably why people would find it more intriguing. Also, I have like the same issues with Buffy and Twilight. And every vampire that fucks anyone because it doesn't scientifically make any sense because <laughs> you don't have flowing blood, so you don't have a blood. And, you I know? To, I <laughs> never, not once, thought about that. <laughs> how? Fucker, how, Angel? Don't even worry about it. He's gay. He can. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So one of my favorite books is Dracula by Bram Stoker. And we like read this book in my AP lit class in high school. I know pretty, pretty metal. Uh, (laughs) But the thing that my teacher talked about was the fact that like this book has never been out of print. It's the only book besides the Bible that's never been like there's, they never like stopped (laughs) publishing. Like it's just like been, and part of the thing about vampire lore is that it's all about fluids and the exchange of fluids and someone wanting your fluids and a lot of like classic vampire literature in Mason's <laughs> is like actually really homoerotic. Yeah. And like, especially the story of Dracula is like this woman is like having her fluids taken by this man and then these men give her their fluids and then the man takes the other men's fluids and it's all about men trying to get to each other's fluids and because vampire stories are all yeah they're all about sex they're about bodies and like the the taking of a body and like the taking of fluid from a body i mean it's great that buffy is the slayer but I think it's also interesting that she pretty much has relationships exclusively with vampires. You're right. She needs to unpack that for sure. 
as we why all do. I wonder right as we all as we do, all do. they just keep hurting me I'll just go back why Buffy <laughs> and that's a good point I think Buffy's relationship with Spike was only because she was already dead and mm. like both of their thing was like self-destruction like neither one of them like liked each other and their relationship was super violent or they didn't like themselves excuse me they liked each other they yeah. liked each other so quite I a lot Buffy. Um, <laughs> just like everything about their relationship was like super obsessive and like aggressive and like violent which I mean transitions into a good sex scene obviously yeah. okay but also transitions into like accepting gaslighting and manipulation like 20 years later yeah, mm. it's so interesting. I don't know if you watched Big Little Lies. I can't I can't watch that scene with Spike and Buffy now without thinking about Big Little Lies. It's interesting what we were told was hot. Yes, versus what actually feels good. Or yes. even like makes you feel good, which mm-hmm. I think are like two different things. Like feels good physically versus like elevates how you feel about yourself. Yes. And like getting choked out, like it is not always going to elevate how you feel about yourself. And that's not to like kink shame or like say that like some, like I think that there's a lot of really healthy ways to engage in BDSM. And as long as everyone is consenting and on the same page about those things, I think that that can be absolutely be a way that people elevate their sense of self. I agree with you. I was definitely speaking to my reflection. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. But like then there's also the fact that media like Buffy, like what we've seen, uh, does sort of instill this narrative for people who maybe BDSM doesn't feel good to them that that is how sex should be and how sex should happen. And like we get that messaging when maybe all you really want is some some tender lovemaking and for someone to make you feel treasured 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 valued (laughs) again not uh, everyone needs to find out for themselves what that means and like as long as it's like truly something that you want and you're seeking out with your partner and everyone's consenting and there's safe words but I do I do know for myself that it's interesting that I like saw that and was like "Mm, better whack it no I agree I'm just like what Okay, like, even at that moment, like, why was I like, this is what I fuck with? Like, there were other options of relationships, like, on that show as well as just on TV to, like, hold on to, kind of. And I was like, this one. it's that one with that, like, crazy couple that, like, punch each other and then fuck. And then, like, cuss at each other and leave the space. <laughs> it's so interesting. It's like, this is, like, what our media was telling us like this is it and then I was in so many like shitty relationships because I thought that that was like what was meant to happen yeah no I identify like I mean apologies to the entire (laughs) community if they had to interact with what I was up to for a couple of years but like what the fuck why like so embarrassing (laughs) I don't but can't is it our fault no it's not it's spike fault and it's the tv's fault for telling us that gaslighting is regular because they 
didn't even like show it as gaslighting or manipulation. They were just like, uh, as far as Buffy and Angel and Spike specifically, if we're mm. staying on track. Okay, okay. Kendra the Slayer, do you remember her? Oh gosh, vaguely. I'm, Tell me about it. Okay, it's Bianca Lawson, if you like remember her. She was on Pretty Little Liars <gasps> and like, She's on a bunch of different things, but she's almost always a teenager, okay? Like, this girl is a woman. It's, like, 40-something. I don't know. Maybe 50-something. A bitch's skin is flawless. She looks the same as when she was on Buffy as she does in Pretty Little Liars, and I find that shit insane. But she is the second later show up. She comes before Faith does. Um, um, Eliza Dushku. Which that unlocked a whole different gate. But (laughs) um, (laughs) she like shows up after Buffy dies the first time. Spoiler, but like it's from the 90s. So if you don't know that Buffy dies (laughs) many times, many times, she's Jesus. Um, (laughs) After she dies, so her like slayer powers get activated because, uh, you know, death. The line, the generation, the thing, death. And she, like, shows up in Sunnydale, and Kendra maybe is, like, a West Indian. I'm not sure. The accent is fucked, dude. Like, it's not an okay accent. It's kind of Irish, in my personal opinion. Mm. But um, I was just watching Coons, like, a couple hours ago. She shows up, but she's, uh, Bianca Lawson is a Black woman, and, uh, automatically Buffy is like fuck you like she does show up as the villain first of all but the (sighs) only reason she becomes like a friend is because she just like starts adhering to the way that Buffy does everything sort of like Buffy makes no actual changes herself and uh, Kendra like has to like switch how she's done her training and like loosen up and be like Buffy and like blah 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 be like Buffy and that's when Buffy stops like making fun of her she like is super into academics like she does like really strict slayer training because why a black woman have to work twice as hard to be thought of as good um, and Buffy like keeps making fun of her for her like bond with Giles and all that stuff and so when she gives that up when Kendra gives that up is when Buffy accepts her more. And I, d- I don't remember this at all, but this sounds racist <laughs> as fuck. No, it, it, well, I mean, okay, there's no black people in Sunnydale. They're not there. Any black person on that show who, like, lives in Sunnydale has come from somewhere else. Is Sunnydale redlined? I don't know. Is it segregated? Maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's hilarious. Like, Giles's black girlfriend comes from London. Uh, like, their black principal later comes from, like, LA. I don't know. They, they're not from there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, fun fact, the town where the theater company where I was doing my internship, the high school there is the, the school they use for the exterior shots of the high school in Buffy. And it is extremely white. Like, like it's wow. like a notoriously white place. <laughs> Where is it? Mill Valley, California. Sounds white. It's really white. It's like there's literally you can count like the brown people on one hand. I like okay, wait, I looked it up. Where did I write this down? There's like one <laughs> black vampire like comes at Mr. Trick. It's like right before Faith comes, or maybe he comes with Faith. But <laughs> he says, um, strictly Caucasian persuasion in Sunnydale. <laughs> Oh, like, and so the writers like are 
full aware. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there's some awareness there. But like, yeah. and it's, it sounds like the treatment of brown people on the show is like pretty bad. Yeah, they're generally, I would say, villains or dead within an episode or like animals <laughs> often. And it, but they do like use a lot of ethnic origin myth, like or like a lot of the things that she does is from like specific cultural myths. Like one of the episodes for sure that I skipped every time. <laughs> so bad was like oh, I don't know there was like an African mask and the like high school jocks got like possessed by like Maasai warriors which are like is a Kenyan tribe and like turned into hyenas Ew. and like Buffy like had to like wear like an African mask or something I can't remember because I did not watch that no holy <laughs> shit like, yeah that and what there was like a um, mummy episode mm. that there is okay actually one of my favorite episode episodes pings like someone steals some sort of native talisman or something from it's like no longer one of my favorite episodes probably anyway (laughs) from a museum and like uh, just like a group of indigenous people probably from that area I'm hoping like or spirits sort of like chase them around I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> I think the, the point we're trying to get at is that there's terrible representation. <laughs> there's some weird shit. And some appropriation. It's, uh, you know, this is, it's important right? to, to recognize that. But also, like, it's, we, yes. love, we love Buffy and it was a, a formative. Yeah, I mean, we still identified with Buff. Okay, we're like, she's an outsider. She can't hang out with the rest of the kids. Why does she feel weird? Why did someone like her show up named Faith and they definitely wanted to fuck each other, you know? Uh, Like, we find space to identify with her. (laughs) Find space to identify. It's great. Xander is useless. And Xander's completely useless and, like, fucks a demon. Anya, who's better than him? Vampires, man. Vampires, man. Oh, Shayla. It's been a treat. It has been a treat. A treat and a delight. Um, If you would like to be found online, where can people find you? I'm on the Twitter at Shayla Rayan, which is S-H-A-Y-L-A-R-A-E-A-N-N for those who can't spell. And also go donate to mm. Charles Booker's campaign. <gasps> And also Jamie Harrison's campaign mm-hmm. and also Jamal Bowman's campaign because primaries aren't enough, baby. Primaries are not enough. It is incredible that so many progressives won their candidacy and now we have to make sure that they get to the seats. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And if also you're in a state with no absentee ballots where you have to go vote in person, Go volunteer at the polls if you're young and healthy, because that would be very helpful to the community. Yes. I would do it, but we're absentee, baby. (laughs) Yes, Washington. All right, Shayla, this has been amazing. I have one last question for you. Okay, I have an answer. Did that do it for you? Maybe. That did it for me. (laughs) Hot, hot, hot. 
Well, that did it for me. Hope that did it for you. Thank you so much for listening. That Do It For Ya is hosted and edited by Aurelia Grierson to the best of their ability. It is produced by Dante Tapo and Chandler Parrott-Thomas. Eleanor Hobson is our media and marketing manager. Our theme song is by Eric Solis, and our visual design is by Margaret Chambers. That Do It For Ya is a sex-positive podcast with naughty words and mentions of characters I do not own. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at That Do It For Ya. Be sure to tell your friends about us, rate and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, and if you're interested in becoming a monthly donor, you can go to patreon.com slash that do it for you pod to join our horny little community.